Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. surrender <laughs> the ones that said the big house it just says that maybe you've been out for the last couple of weeks or so i don't know anyways but hey listen we just are so excited about what god is doing you realize that there is a power in surrender this purpose and to say god i give it to you i'm purposing to give my life give my heart give everything to you and if you remember the very first week that we started out we started out by saying this that we're purposing to give up our cares to the Lord. The Bible says, cast your cares on the Lord because he so affectionately cares for you. And so God never intended for us to carry cares in life, did he? God desires for us to be carefree. And so therefore, I set out a challenge to you. I said, let's purpose in the next 90 days to say, I don't care. I'm not talking about being irresponsible or to say, I'm not going to own up to what I need to do to be accountable and responsible, but not take the pressure of carrying the care myself to say, God, I choose to not care and just to be carefree. Amen. And then the second week or last week, we said this concerning giving up. We said, God, we're going to purpose to give up our lives to you, that we're going to purpose to serve you and serve others. And we said the way that we do that is to build an ark or we said that ark is the local church that we're purposing to create a place where we can serve people and love people so that they come into a saving knowledge of jesus christ and we said that we also in fact i don't think i actually said on a sunday but through facebook i said listen i said i give you a challenge to take the next 90 days and say where can i find my place where can i get plugged in what can i do to serve genesee valley church to serve the people in other words we said what What's your place? Become a part of the dream team. And everybody has got a ministry. We said that God has called us to have a purpose and have a ministry. And so I challenge you in the next 90 days, find somewhere that God can use you within your local church. Whatever that might be. Maybe it's making coffee. Maybe it's playing an instrument. In fact, that being said, you might notice there's a little bit of change over in our worship team. And some of the people, it's just in regards to jobs, Christmas season and all that. So it's kind of an every other week type thing. So maybe you're saying, you know what? I can play the drums or I can play the spoons or whatever it might be. We can use good people. Hey, spoons get, they can keep a beat going, no? You know, anyways, praise the Lord. Play, play maracas, right? Will you take maracas? He'll take maracas, he said. More Latin. Okay, I got you. Steel drum? Okay, well. I digress. Anyways, so that being said, everybody has a part to play, right? God's given us a dream to take this city for Jesus. And therefore, there takes people that will come a part of the dream team to make the dream come to pass. And so I encourage you to take the next 90 days to just find out what God would have you to do. Don't wait till the end of the 90 days to say, oh, I figured it out. No, start somewhere today. Start somewhere next week and say, man, I am going to serve God and serve people because Genesee Valley Church loves God, loves people, and loves life. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray before we get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning. We thank you that, Father, even in the midst of just natural things that might go awry or just uh, things that just... Are beyond our control. God, we thank you that you're always in a position to get us back on track. 
God, we avail ourselves, we yield ourselves to you this morning and say, God, we want you to speak to us because today is a day that we want our lives to be changed. We're purposing to yield our hearts to you and to hear from heaven. So, God, we thank you. And, God, in this next 30 minutes, we say, I give up to you of my heart and speak to me. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Well, to begin with, as we get into today's message, I want to bring to your attention just some things that have taken place in the local news in just the last couple weeks. If you've been watching the news or if you've been not living under a rock, you'll know that there's been some things that have been going on within our nation, right? Just a matter of a few weeks ago, there was a shooting at the Planned Parenthood facility, right? And people lost their lives. Just because of the craziness of the world that we live in, right? And if we're not careful, it has the opportunity to grip your heart or get you a little nervous, doesn't it? And so, that's been in the headlines of of just a a madman shooting and killing people. And so, just last week, or maybe it was the week before, it was right after the Planned Parenthood shooting, that I went to the mall and I was doing some Christmas shopping and I was just walking through the mall by myself. And the interesting thing is that when I walked into the mall, there was a couple different people that I encountered that just were overly nice. And I'm like, wow, isn't that interesting? They're just smiling and saying, hello, Merry Christmas. Just just being very friendly. But as I continued to walk into the mall and rounded the corner, I was headed over to Macy's. And as I'm making the corner, all of a sudden I started becoming really aware of just my surroundings. And as a result, as I'm walking through the mall, I'm looking at people, and all of a sudden I find this skepticism kind of rising up in my heart, thinking, you know, what's your agenda? Or just, you know, you start being a little bit gun shy. Not that you're walking in fear, but you just, all of a sudden your antenna starts getting tuned in a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? And so I go into Macy's, and I happen to be there at the, the counter in Macy's, and all of a sudden I hear this argument taking place and it's this man and woman and they start screaming at one another and he's telling her what she's going to do and they're calling back and forth names to one another and it is just a horrific scene and all of a sudden you know you start getting that feeling on the inside like what in the world and how foolish can people be and so I had to go around on the other side of the counter because I'm just that kind of guy that it's just like if you want to be a dummy then I'm going to look at you like a dummy you know you know what I mean that's just kind of my makeup you know, and I could just see that guy come walking by me and looking at me, and I'd be like, you know, what are you looking at? And then all of a sudden, there it goes. You know, it's like, you know, well, what you looking at? It's like, well, what you looking at? And so I thought, you know, I better just get on the other side of the counter because I just don't do well with stupid. And so, anyways, so I went around on the other side of the counter. He leaves Macy's, and he's just ranting, raving. He's walking down the aisle, and he gets over to where the Chinese uh, fingernail place is, and he looks in there, and he starts making remarks toward them and yelling. And I'm thinking, what an idiot. But again, as I'm saying, all of a sudden you become very aware of this culture that we're living in, that things are just not stable, right? And it's very important for us to be in tune and be sensitive to the leading of God in these days and these times that we're living in. Well, then just this past week, as we're, uh, 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 you know, just living life, all of a sudden in California, there's these people that go and they go on a shooting rampage as well. Was it 14 dead and 17 wounded? And again, you just think, what in the world are people thinking? What kind of world are we living in? And once again, it puts you on edge and it puts you on guard because of the times that we're living in, right? And so last night, my wife and I were 
with the kids and I think we went and got a pizza or something and then the kids had some projects they had to work on for school some little Christmas stocking thing and so uh, they said well let's go to the dollar store and we'll get some little trinkets for the for the the stockings that they had to put together and so when we got to the dollar store I backed in and my wife kind of laughed she goes oh you're backing in so that you can see the store I'm like absolutely right and so the kids they get out with mom and they go into the store and I'm just sitting in the car and as I'm watching them go in I can see inside of the store it's at nighttime everything's lit up I can kind of watch where uh, my wife is and the kids are and then these kids get out of a car just a couple minutes later and they're being loud and rambunctious and so once again your antenna kind of goes up and you start watching and you start thinking and obviously the thoughts start coming and you start asking yourself what if and so i was asking myself the question what if my kids and my wife was in that store and all of a sudden i seen these insane maniacs come into the store and start shooting and start wreaking havoc within the store and i asked myself the question what would i do and without a hesitation my response is I would go in there and I would be trying to take out the shooters because my wife and my kids are in that store. Without reservation. You understand what I'm saying? If I'm going to lose my wife and kids to some maniac, then they're going to take me down first. Uh, I'm going to do my best to save their life even if it costs me my own, right? And you realize that that scenario, the heart of a father, the heart of a parent, the heart of a family member, to lay down their life sacrificing themselves for the benefit and the welfare and the livelihood of their family is exactly what God did. Right? There is a maniac, an insane person that came into the earth and the Bible says that he's come to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he did an awesome job doing that at the very beginning. And then God says, because I love my family... Because I want to see them set free. Because I want to see them not stolen from. I don't want to see their life destroyed. I don't want to see them ultimately die and be separated from me. He said, I love them so much that I'm going to give my son. And you know the verse, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved you and me that he gave his son. God loved you that he gave up. Jesus for you and me so that we don't have to live this life being in fear of some insane maniac that is trying to destroy your life are you here this morning and then once Jesus came the Bible tells us this if you remember the Bible speaks of it over in John chapter 19 said so when Jesus had received the sour wine or in other words they, they gave him some, something to drink to, to dull the pain it says he said it is finished and he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit or in other words he gave up his life the Bible says that Jesus gave up his life on his, no, his own accord in fact Jesus says no man takes my life from me I give it up of myself Isn't it interesting that in order for us to experience life, we've got to give up a life. In order for us to experience all that God desires for us to experience, we've got to give up something. Amen. You may not be so happy when we make this shift here. (laughs) Because it's going to cost you something. Amen. All right. So, here's what I want to bring to your attention this morning. 
what Jesus gave up, what God gave up, had an eternal purpose. Remember I said that every one of us have a ministry, have a purpose. And your purpose, your life matters for the sake of somebody else's life. And God is always asking us to give up. Not for our detriment, not for our loss, but for our benefit and for our gain. He says, give me your care so that you can be carefree. He says, give me your life to serve people so that I can serve you. And then he says, everything that you give up has an eternal purpose. God was the first giver. Jesus, his son, came to give his life. And it had an eternal purpose. So the last thing that I want to talk about is, again, giving up to God. In Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 4, or starting in verse 1, rather. This is speaking of Jesus, and Jesus is in the temple. And they're just standing back and observing people. And it says, And when he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow putting in two mites, so he said, Truly, I say to you that this poor woman has put in more, put in more than all. For all these, out of their abundance, have put into the offering for God. But she, out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. So God's talking about money right here, or Jesus is. And he says, here's all these people that are coming in, and they're giving of their finances. They're giving into the offering of the church. And he says, but they give out of their abundance, and really what they're giving is not a whole lot, and it doesn't really move me. But all of a sudden, this woman comes in. That's a poor woman, and the Bible says that she gave up her livelihood, or she gave up her life, or what we would equate to our life. If we didn't have a nickel in our pocket, we'd say, dear God, I'm going to die. What am I going to eat? What am I going to do, right? When we look at the power of money or finances in our life, it equates to livelihood. And God says, are you willing to give up of your finances? And trust me. Now, as we continue to go on in the story... One of the disciples, they, or one of the people there, they said in verse 5, he says, uh, speaking of the temple, he says, how, uh, he spoke of how it was adorned and all the beautiful stones and all the, the donations that were given there. He starts, when Jesus is talking about this woman giving of her might and giving of her offering from her heart in worship toward God, all of a sudden, they start looking at, wow, well, look at how fancy this place is. Look how it's decorated. Look at all the fanciness. And so the diversion was distracted from her heart that was giving toward God to all the fanciness. Isn't it interesting how the enemy will come in the minute we start talking about money? It's like, well, I wonder how the pastor spent on that money. <laughs> I mean, that's just people. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I can remember not too long ago. Well, this was in the first church that we pastored. There was one fellow that he just got so stinking irate because... We trust God to make a living. I, again, I, I'm not going to get into that. But when it comes to, well, again, when it comes to the finance, my financial check or a check that I get from the church, it probably take three of you, or I should say, it probably take three of me to make one of you financially. But God has always taken care of us, and how God helps us to live, we live well. 
but it's through trusting God. And so he would always look at my house, and I've got a small house. He would look at a car. He would look at the way we dress. And he's like, well, I'm giving him my tithe and offering, and you know he's wearing it right now. <laughs> so it's no different back then or still today. People are still asking, what is the church doing with my money? Look at it around here. They got flat screen TVs up there, right? They could give that money to the poor. Well, you realize that's just people. But Jesus didn't even acknowledge that. In fact, he goes on and he starts to talk about some things. And I find it interesting that Jesus is talking about giving in to the church, giving offering and speaking about money and financial things and how it gets God's attention when we give of our livelihood or purposing to trust God in the area of our finances. And then he makes a shift in the same breath that he's talking about giving. And he starts talking about the signs of the time. And he says, these are signs that are going to show up in the last days. He says, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. He says, there's going to be some dire things. He said, and that's not even the end. He said, it's going to get worse yet. And then he says, be careful that you don't get distracted. He says, because if you get distracted, you just might miss out. He says, but I'm telling you this because I want you to be ready. I want you to be sensitive. And I want you to be alert for when I come that you're ready. Isn't it interesting that when he's talking about money and finances, he, he equates it to an eternal perspective. He sandwiches them together and says, your finances, or you purposing to trust God in the area of your finances, allows you to be more sensitive spiritually. You might say, how is that? Remember the Bible says where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be, or I should say, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. There is a connection with your heart to God when it comes to the area of your finances. Are you here? Are you doing all right? Okay. So again, he says this. He says in verse 34, he says, don't let your heart get weighted down and don't get stuck into the way that the world does things. And so as we're talking about this, this last service or this last message concerning I give up, one of the last things that people choose to give up is the area of their money. Now, they'll come to church and say, I give my life to God. I'll even serve in the church. I'll change poopy diapers, Pastor. Oh, you want me to give offering? No, I don't want you to give offering. God does. God wants you to be a tither, right? But that's the last thing that people tend to surrender to. Why is that? Because once again, we equate our financial stability or our finances or our bank account to our livelihood. Come on, am I talking to the right people? That's just the rubber meeting the road. Our money, our financial stability is connected to what we see as our livelihood. And God says, will you trust me in the area of your livelihood when it comes to the area of your money? Will you trust me? Because God has a desire and a purpose for us that we could never begin to experience or begin to imagine. God doesn't want you to be in the poor house. He actually wants you to increase. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be a success. God wants to use you to be the example of how God treats his kids. Are you here this morning? When me as a father, come on. I, the other day, it was about two weeks ago. I actually went to Old Navy because I was looking for a sweater. I have a hard time finding sweaters. Every time I get a sweater, my wife says, you look like an old fart. Why don't you get a cool, hip sweater that doesn't make you look like an old fart? 
And so I went into Old Navy thinking, well, maybe they got some hip, you know, all these young 20-something guys. You, you know, got to find something that makes me look young and hip. And so I went in there. I couldn't find anything. But I started finding all this stuff for my little boys. And it was on sale. It was the day before Black Thursday, or I think it was Wednesday, the day before Black Friday. Yeah, whatever. It was Wednesday, so two days before Black Friday. But they had all these sales, and so I got all these cool little things from my boy. I got him some cool little boots, and the thing about it is, is that he sees me wearing my boots, and he wants boots to be like Dad. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And so I get him all these cool clothes, and my wife, she's like, oh, that is cool. And so he puts it on, and, and it does me well when I see my little boy looking hip. I spike his little hair up and thinking, he's just a cool kid. Everybody else may think, well, he's, he's got a dorky-looking kid. I think he looks cool. That's me. You know what I'm saying? Are you here this morning? When, you're, when it comes to your kids, you want to be proud of your kids, and you want them to represent you well, right? And if it means that they dress well, look good, drive in something nice because you provided it for them as a parent, whatever, it makes you look good, right? And it blesses you to see your kids looking good, feeling good, and really representing you. God is the same way. He is our Father, and He desires for you and I to be a billboard of the goodness of God to say, those are my kids. And I know we get hung up. You know, I, I would like to preach a message one day, would Jesus wear a Rolex? And half of us would say, well, dear God, no, He wouldn't. It's a Rolex. Come on, if it tells time, what does it matter whether it's a Timex or a Rolex, right? Come on. But God wants you to be a success and he wants you to prosper but god has an investment program i said god has an investment program and it's called the tithe and the offering do you remember back in the day i can still remember back when i was young and my parents opened up a bank account maybe it was my grandpa i can't remember who it was opened up a bank account and i think it was what two percent return on your savings is that what it used to be is that what it is now okay did it used to be more Okay, uh, uh, whatever the case, was it 6%? I don't remember what it was. Something like 6%, okay. So even back in the day, you could invest in the bank and you could get a bigger return. Now you get pennies on the dollar, right? But God has a program, has a system that if we would trust him in the area of our finances, he said, I'll always see to it that you have more than enough and it will come back to you multiplied in a greater measure than what you gave. That's his system of getting us to be in a place of success and provision and prosperity. Now, when it comes to his plan, what is it? It's called the tithe. And the tithe is 10% of your increase. You may say, 10%? God wants me to give 10%? And I know we about roll over and just trip over ourselves when we think about that. I don't think I've ever heard anybody have a conniption fit when it comes to the 30% that the government charges you, right? And you don't get anything in return. You might say, well, I get an income tax return at the end of the year. Well, that's just what you've paid over. They're just giving it back to you. But it's still what you paid in, so it's not like they're giving you back anything. They're still getting theirs, right? It's just part of the... Jesus says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give, give to God what belongs to God, right? And once again, we just do it because we know that's what's required. But when it comes to God, God does not demand it. He says, I want to see if you'll just trust me in the area of your finances. Are you doing okay? What about the gas prices? Anybody 
you enjoying this like dollar something gas prices? Isn't that cool? But do you remember when it jacked way up and people were squalling and bawling about it? But then it got to a point where people adjusted their lifestyle. And people just made it a part of life. They adjusted. And you didn't hear people squawking about it. You remember when it first changed? I mean, every day it was on the news. Gas prices are rising today. They're expecting that's going to be at an all-time high of $4 a whatever, $4 a gallon. And we were talking about it all the time. But then, because it became a way of life, we stopped talking about it. If we had purposed to honor God in the tithe, what he said actually belongs to him, if we're a believer or a follower of Christ, he says, 10% I'm wanting you to give to me, to worship me, and therefore I can trust you with your money. And if you'll trust me, I'll bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And I know it might be hard to start with because you think, I've never done that before. God gets that. But if you'll simply step out in faith, you'll find that the life begins to adjust. And I could tell you what, I, I know that I'm spending the next 30 minutes or have been talking about just what God's wanting to do. But I could have taken this whole entire service and I could have brought you up person after person after person for the next hour of people that have seen God do awesome things in their life. Where God is moving, where God is shifting and God is changing and God is increasing their life because they've chose to be faithful in their giving. And just even different ones, I can remember that uh, we've just had conversations in the past few weeks where they're seeing transitions and changes in their life. And from the natural standpoint, it's kind of scary to say, God, what are you going to do? But then they sit back and they say, God, we are tithers. And therefore, because we're tithers, you will see to it that we have what we need. The job will be there. The benefits will be there. The bills will be paid because, God, we are tithers. You talk about having a security and just a desire to, to serve and honor God. When you see God move in your life, it's like, God, you are so good. Amen? Now, once again, I know that this might be something that is rubbing some when we talk about money in the church. That's not my intent. My intent is to tell you how faithful God is. Because God is faithful when we purpose to trust Him. Amen? All right, so when we give up to God... When we give up to God our finances or trust Him in the area of our finances, there's a few things that we can begin to expect. Number one, when we purpose to give to God what God said is asked of us, it gets God's attention. Did you hear me? Do you remember this widow? She gave of her livelihood and Jesus says, Whoa, check her out. All these other ones give out of their abundance and they just give little tips to God. But she gave out of her abundance. When you give and are faithful to trust God, you get God's attention. And let me tell you, if you get God's attention, you know it. You'll never get God's attention and not know it. When you get his attention... For the last 2,000 years, we've been reading about this little woman here that gave of her might. Did you know that she, he didn't look at her and say, oh, you poor thing, you, you're poor. Hey, give her a refund. Give her a refund because all you guys have more money than her. No, he was honored by it. And the Bible says that she gave of her livelihood. And it blessed God. When you trust God in the area of your finances, it gets his attention and it blesses him. Can you say that's me? Number two. Number two, 
when it comes to us purposing to give, remember that one individual, when God or when Jesus made mention of this individual or this woman given, he starts looking at the temple. Whoa, look at all this stuff. When you purpose to be a giver and trust God, you won't be so impressed by everything around you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many times have we ever got into a position where we're, we're being impressed by somebody else's livelihood or the way that they're living? And so many times what we don't recognize is that they live on credit cards. They're in debt up to their eyeballs and it looks real good, but it's just going to be a little while and they're going to lose it all. Come on. And if we'll purpose to trust God in our finances, we won't be so moved and impressed by all the glitz and the glamour because God will get it to us in the right season at the right time and God will know that he can trust you with it because you've got the stuff, but the stuff don't got you. Amen. Number three, when you purpose to be a giver and trust God in the area of your finances, when you say, God, I give up to you, number three, it keeps my heart right towards the church. What do I mean by that? Because again, with that man saying, wow, look at all this stuff. He could have, number one, been impressed by everything that he saw. Like, wow, look at how awesome and how big that is. Or the second part is, is he could have been looking, well, look at the church. Look at what they're wearing and look at what they're doing and look at all of them. Right? When you purpose to give with the right heart, it keeps your heart right with your church and with God. And with your pastor. Looks like pastor got a new pair of shoes on. Woo, praise the Lord. Looks like his wife's got a new coat. Woo, praise the Lord. Come on, you know what I'm saying. With my wife, it's purses. Oh, she got a new purse. Oh, I just can't believe it. I wonder how much that cost. Is that a name brand purse? Man, we ought to get excited, right? Because God is faithful. It'll keep your heart right when you purpose to give with the right heart. Number four, it will help you be carefree. Remember Jesus, we didn't take the time to read it, but Jesus said, all these signs are going to come. Times are going to get hard. Things are going to get rough. You're going to see everything shaking, rattling, and rolling around you, but it's going to cause you to not be in fear. It's going to cause you to be carefree because you've purposed to give and trust God, and God will take care of you. Amen. Number five, it will help me stay spiritually in tune, spiritually sensitive and aware of God himself. Remember it, Jesus, he was talking about the giving. And then he says, now you start paying attention and watch for these signs. Because the end is coming. And I'm coming for my church. You don't want to be caught unaware. Isn't it interesting how Jesus said, your giving makes you spiritually alert. Why? Because you're not caught up with the things of the world. Your heart is to honor God. And therefore, God just begins to get you connected in the right way. Can you say amen? God says, let me use your money. That's all it is. When you say, God, I'm going to trust you in the area of my finances. All God is saying, let me use your money. When you give to the banks or put your money in there, do you realize that your money's not in there? They use your money and they make money on your money. Hand over fist. And they give you a little trinket back. God says, let, let me use your money. And he says, when I use your money and you're faithful, he says, I'll bring back everything that you have need to you. 
but your money has an eternal effect. When you give up, and trust me, in the area of your finances, lives are changed for eternity. Do you get that? Come on. We talk about that all the time. Your money goes towards raising uh, uh, Bible schools around the world. We, we support other churches that are launched throughout the nation. Every Sunday, practically, a new church has started that we are connected with. And people, for the first time, are receiving Christ because you give faithfully. Come on. Do you know how awesome that is? I mean, we ought to be able to come together at giving time. Woohoo! Praise the Lord! Because it's making an eternal difference. It makes a difference. Let me reach my kids. Let me reach my kids by using your finances. Well, what's the benefits? What's the benefits to me on a natural level? He says that if you'll give of your tithe, he says, I'll pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. He says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. That means the one that's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says that God says, oh, not, not here. They're a faithful tither. They're a faithful giver. When you give of your offering, it causes my offering to produce in my life and those that I'm purposing to minister to. God is looking for the opportunity to bless you through your tithe and through your giving. And really what it is, is it's a faith test. God's testing me. Yeah. Will you trust me? Will you be faithful? And let me just encourage you. Many times people got the wrong idea when it comes to tithing. They say, well, I'll give a tithe every so often. If you just give a tithe every so often, you're not a tither. It might be a tithe of what you've increased or what your increase is. But if you're not doing it consistently and faithfully, you're not a tither. God says, will you trust me? Will you become a tither? As I close, I want to share this story with you. This past week, my wife and I, we had a minister's Christmas party just uh, with, with the affiliations that we're with. And me and this other pastor was getting together, and he was talking about how God had just blessed him and increased him this past year. And he said, but it wasn't always like that. He said, in fact, he says, there were some times in ministry where things were hard. He said, man, there was several times where we were late on our rent payment. And he says, thankfully, the guy that was our landlord was very faithful or very just very forgiving. And he said, in this one time, he said, it was at Christmas time. And he says, we were late on our rent and we couldn't pay it. And he said, then we received a check in the mail from some family and says, here's some money for the gifts or for gifts for the children. Go buy them so that they have buy for them so that they have a Christmas. And so he said, they're in the store shopping for their kids because somebody blessed them with a check for their kids. And then they see their landlord. He's like, oh, dear God. Here they got gifts in their hands, landlord in eyesight. And what does it look like? Well, you're robbing from me to have a Christmas. And so he contacted the landlord and he says, hey, listen, I, I know what it looks like, but this is the scenario. And the guy said, hey, listen, I know you've been good. You've always been faithful. He said, no worries. We're good. But my question for us is when it comes to this time of year, and really life as a whole, there's always going to be something that comes up, isn't there? It's just the way that it is. My microwave went out just a couple days ago. Yours too? Maybe we can get a two-for-one deal. You pay for it, I get the deal. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> but things come up, right? Things happen. But will we be faithful to give up to God and trust Him? Or are we going and buying for Christmas and overextending ourselves and thinking, God don't see. He's not here. No, He sees. He's just not going to make a big deal about it because He loves you. But I want to challenge you today. Will you trust God in the area of your finances? So I want to challenge you with this. I talked about those 90 days. Will you take a 90-day challenge today? If you're not a tither, will you purpose to be a tither for the next 90 days? And say, God, I'll trust you. A tither is 10% of your increase. Faithfully and consistently, every time you receive a paycheck. If you're not a tither, would you say, I'll be a tither? If you're just inconsistent in how you give, then I would encourage you, take the challenge to get consistent. If you've never given anything at any time, step out and just say, God, I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to start giving something. Will you take a 90-day challenge? Now listen, if you'll take me up on my challenge, this is my promise to you. If you'll be a tither within the next 90 days, faithfully and consistency, consistently, and you get at the end of that 90 days and you don't see your life being any better, then I'll give you 100% refund of all your tithe. You may say, well, how can you do that, Pastor? Did the board approve that? No. But I'm so confident of God's word that God is faithful and that if you'll be faithful. Now, I'm not talking about just being haphazardly giving a tithe here or there. If you'll be consistent, God's word will work. And if you get at the end of that 90 days and say, well, I don't know that God is ever, I don't see the benefits of it. I'll give you your money back. But I'm so confident of God's word that your life will be better for it and you'll see increase. I can guarantee you I won't have to give a penny back because God is that faithful. Amen? So here's what I'm asking you to do. We just got new envelopes. I, I, I was saving out for this because we were waiting again, you know, you waiting in the mail. They came. So we should have new envelopes in the back. So I don't like drawing on envelopes. I don't like wasting things. But here's what I want you to do. If you will say, I will take that 90-day challenge, what I want you to do is grab an offering envelope and just write on the back of it, I will take your challenge for the next 90. You don't put your name on it. I'm not going to hold you to your name. I just want you, between you and God, to say, I will choose to be faithful and take, your ne- take the next 90 days and the challenge to be a faithful tither or giver. Will you do that? Why don't you come on up? Like I said, you don't have to put your name on it. This is between you and God. But you're just writing it down so you have an opportunity to say, God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to pray for those that have submitted it. Guys, why don't you get an offering bucket for me? Why don't we all stand? Everybody that wants to take the challenge. Yeah, if, if you've been a faithful tither, if you're doing that, then go ahead and fill that out for me just so that you're counted in the number, okay? So if it's something new for you and you say, I'm going to take the challenge, go ahead and say, I will do it. Put it on the offering envelope.
you've been faithful, just say, I'm, I've already been doing it, but I will do it for the next 90 days. Amen? I'm going to pray as you're filling those out. There's going to be an usher at the back with the offering bucket, so just put your envelopes in there, please. All right? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to worship God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you're faithful. We thank you that your word never fails. God, I thank you that, Lord, money is not our God. God, we choose to honor you. God, I thank you that we are not deceived by thinking that good things have happened, that it's you apart from us serving and honoring you because, God, we can make good things happen. God, we know that the devil is very crafty in bringing what things look good and simply as an opportunity to distract us from the things of God. So, God, we purpose to do things your way, not ours. And we choose to honor you in our tithe and our offering. And we give up our lives to you for the sake of changing this greater Flint area and making an eternal difference. God, I pray that nobody in this place would feel the pressure or feel as though they're being strong-armed into being a giver. But God, we simply presented your word. And God, we just choose to honor you. So we thank you for increase. We thank you for a great Christmas holiday. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, and loving life.